Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program, Merely Bo and the Great Z. This was a, um, look, I mean, this is, we, we've sat here for five weeks and said, look, should be four and one, should be, could be, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, I think what happened Sunday was all of those little things manifested in the biggest way possible and exposed some of the deficiencies that this team is at. And we can talk about, and, and all of these things are true. When your division, you can get to the playoffs. We can talk about those things. But before any of those things can be legitimately discussed, what ails this team needs to be fixed in relative short order. Because I do think it's fair to say, we, we, we got to be honest here, we build this as a must-win. We did, and I know technically it's not because of some of the stuff that happened in the division. And now it is, though. Three and three, three and three, everybody, blah, blah, blah. Pittsburgh true. beat Tampa Bay. All of that can be true. true. But this was um, – what, what you want to see is you want to see a team, the trajectory pointing in the right direction, and we're going the other way. Um, and this was the worst of it by a decent margin, I thought. You never led in this game. You allowed a, a rookie quarterback who was not supposed to play this year. In fact, he was not supposed to dress – this year for the New England Patriots. You let him come in in his first road start against you and go 24 of 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, averaging nine yards an attempt and a quarterback rating of about 120. Yeah. You had him in third and long, I think, three times oh, on their God. opening drive, which is say. exactly what you wanted. That's exactly where you wanted to be, and then you could not get off the field. You, there were blown assignments again. There were missed coverages, one by Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa that led to a 53-yard play to Jonu Smith, one by um, Grant Delpit that let Hunter Henry get a 31-yard, as easy a touchdown as you can get. If we did anything well, honestly, we, we stopped the run well. We sold out to stop Ramondre Stevenson, and, and for the most part, we did. Yeah. With the exception of, obviously, on third and 10, a 31-yard touchdown. Am I not up? I think you're half up. It sounds to me like you're half up. You guys have full Z over there? Okay. All right. All right. It's the full me. All the right. full you. Might just be the uh, audio going into our ear. Could be. Eardrums. Yes. It's anyway, appropriate. Yeah. It, was, it was a game where you're sitting there. I think the P Patriots had seven first-half penalties. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't capitalize on anything. Nothing. Another fourth down in, in opponent's territory, which – we can argue all we want about the spot. I thought it was in, an insane so spot. I, where I was sitting was right about the 35, 40-yard line, okay. and we were in the 300 level. And so we were pretty much not on quite on line, but probably 12 Close. yards off line. Sure. It was, it's, it was a brutal spot. It was an awful spot. And I don't – I was sitting there. I was talking to the usher who was the nicest guy, and we, I said, I don't even know – based on where that spot is, I don't even know why they're measuring. The was a full yard was short. a full yard ahead of where they spotted it. I mean, it was as if we gained nothing on no, no, the no. sneak whatsoever or went backwards. We went backwards. It was fourth and inches. Jacoby went forward. Yes. And somehow yeah. it ended up being for a full Again, yard short. But, not the reason we lost no. the game, but certainly painful. But this does speak to, whether you talk about that or the, the, re, the, the replay change on the off, onside yep. kick, which is – Again, there, to me, there was nothing. I was, again, talking to the usher. I said, there's no way you can overturn that. You there's nothing not on that video to overturn it. Correct. And yet. Yeah, it was. When you do all of the other things, 
This is what we've talked about a lot. It's a very small needle to thread. And so when that it when you're not playing perfect, one little thing here or there can cost you losses. And it has. Previous to this game, three different times, these little mistakes cost you games. And in this game, all those little mistakes compounded for a big one. And that's the problem, that sometimes you're going to get outplayed. Sometimes you're not going to play your best football. And offensively, this was our first real, what I would call, dud of the year, right? Yeah, I would agree. Which is to be expected at some point with a backup quarterback. But the fact that we're 2-4, and four, th- everything's on the defense and special teams. That's a disaster. But defense especially. This defense is has too many names, is too good to be and, – and it's hard to say that anymore, to say that it's too good, because it's not. It's This is who they are through six games. We are a bad defense. We are a, an organization right now that is two and four after playing the likes of Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota, and Bailey Zappi. And in those five games that I just mentioned there, we went two and three. Mm-hmm. We also lost to Justin Herbert in a game we should have won. The margin for error is so small, and you could just see it unraveling. And look, you're never going to win turning the ball over four times in the NFL. Now, we lost to the Ravens when they did that last year. Mm-hmm. But typically, you're not going to win when you turn the ball over four times in the NFL. And it, just for Jacoby Brissett, it was, it was a bad game. 21 of 45, the two picks, lost a fumble. He was sacked four times. We didn't possess the ball. People are saying, oh, we needed to run it a lot more. We need to run a lot. We had the ball for 25 minutes. Yeah, we they never had, had it for it. 35 minutes. Yeah, they, we, they got what they wanted. I, it was so glaring, the third down efficiency of them. I mean, it, it, it's interesting being in the stadium versus being at home because at home I can I have a better you just you can pay more close attention to all the statistical stuff that's happening. It felt like in the building that every third we would get him in third and forever, and, and it was convert, compl- it. convert, 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 yep. penalty, convert, pass interference, convert. It was like God, what are we doing? Get off the field, man! I mean, it would just suck the life out of the yard. Every one of them, you would. Get them in these third and forevers, and it felt like they picked them all up. It was so damn frustrating. On the same drive in the first quarter, third and seven, Kendrick Bourne for 17 yards. Third and nine, Devontae Parker for 29 yards. Third and 10 in the second quarter, Stevenson left guard, 31 yards, touchdown. They had a third and one, Zappi passed to Hunter Henry, 31 yards, touchdown. I mean, that's five of their longest, uh, 10 longest plays came on third downs. Five of them. Well, that's two what it touchdowns. felt like. That fit it. And for us, we had two of our longest plays came on third down. We had the nice pass to David Njoku uh, in the first quarter, and then we had another one to David Njoku in the third quarter. That was it. That's it. We were constantly behind the sticks. It was constantly, um, whether it was penalties or boneheadedness or whatever, felt like we were constantly in third and long. It felt like we, we just could not possess the ball. You think about, I mean, we there hasn't been much beef you could make with the offense and again, this is majoritarily a defensive issue again yes. this week. But there hasn't been much beef you could have with the offense in terms of the amount of points you're scoring, Not the efficiency, week, all of it. This week you can. We do the over-unders every week. And the total touches of those two guys has been in the 30s always. Yep. It's never been less. I think the 33, I think, was the lowest point we had. What do we have? To, what do we have? Did we have 20 combined touches between the two of them? Uh, Chubb I don't had think so. 12 carries, Hunt, four. That's 16. 16. And then receptions. 17 None for Hunt, one for Chubb. We set it at 34 and a half. We had 17 touches with the and two backs. Gibbe probably got that right. Didn't we do them all the same? So. I think you did them all the same. So who cares? I haven't even looked at it. Who, who cares? cares? Doesn't matter.
Um, no, it's really frustrating. And I, I think from a, you know, from our perspective, um, you have to say to yourself, um, and, and you look, the reality is, I'm not going to spin this right now, but the reality is you're a game out in the division. And yep. that's, the be- that's the only way to the playoff. I heard you and Jeff on the call last night on, on the way home. We left after the muffed punt and said, enough, that's enough. And at that point, I was listening to you guys on the way home, and you brought up a good point. And you weren't, you weren't being patronizing at all. You, you just said this is where it is. You're, the only path forward is to win the division. That we thought before the year that two or three teams from this division would make the postseason. No, one is. One's going to make the postseason. Like right is where you're at right now. Unless now the Somebody other could get hot. So. Yes, and those two. By the way, Cincinnati's schedule allows for them to get very hot over the next five games. And they came back. They were down big in the game yesterday. They came back. They won. They had to have it. They got it. And so they're three and three. Baltimore blew it against the Giants. And so they're three and three. Um, so either of those teams can get hot. We right now cannot have those legitimate conversations about this team the way that we're playing defensive football that's the reality this has been we've played six games yesterday was an aberration for this offense this has sadly become the norm for this defense and that is something that i never in a million years would have guessed that we would be where we are defensively if you go back to camp and you thought about the type of talent we had in the back seven you think about the talent we had in the secondary at the linebacker position up front they are not married. One is not playing. They're not complimentary football. It is one bust after bust after bust after bust. And it's been happening now for six weeks. And so this isn't an aberration defensively. This is who we are. And that is going to make the next however many games. We still have six more games till Watson's back. And he ain't an elixir for that. No, He's not going to fix all that. We have nothing happening at the defensive tackle position at all. We have... Nothing happening opposite Miles Garrett when Jadevian Clowney's out and he's missed now three games. We have breakdowns at our second level every week. Yeah. We have breakdowns at our third level seemingly every week. Mm-hmm. We have we lack eye discipline on the back end of this defense. We lack eye discipline at the second level of this defense, and we lack talent, I think, on the f- first level of this defense with the exception of Miles and Clowney. Yeah, but and Clowney's played half the games. Well, exactly. So when he's not there, it is noticeable. I mean, Miles was unbelievable yesterday. He had eight pressures, the two sacks, broke the record. He was so hurt, his shoulder, you all tell. of it. You and could he tell, and he dominant. was still out there dominant, doing everything he could. Every, when you needed something from him, you got it. Um, but he's a one-man wrecking crew, and there's nobody, there's no cavalry coming with him. He's by no. himself. You hope Deion We're getting Jones no can push help, right? in the middle at all. Nothing. Uh, Absolutely it's just, nothing. It's, yeah. Now, we played that five-man front, and that worked, right? For the most part. You take out the 30-yard run of Stevenson, and oh, you can't take 30-yard run. I get that. But for the most part, we were getting them in those third and longs because they weren't able to run the ball. Now, once they started doing play action on early downs, as I talked about on the broadcast yesterday, it was toast. And I said, that's what we got to watch out for. Mm -hmm. We're selling out stuff to run. They are going to take play action shots. And, oh, by the way, they did so, and they did so very effectively. I did Bailey Zappi, and that was one of the notes coming in the game. That was one of my keys was which team's going to be better on first down play action? Who's going to hit their chunk plays? Well, they did. We didn't. Um yeah, there isn't any, you know, you hope Deion Jones helps. Hopefully Cal Alney comes back, and, and obviously that changes everything up front for you. But, you know, we were clamoring for more man coverage. You got more you got man it. coverage, and, and with not without the results you wanted. You know, MJ Emerson was very sticky yesterday. He, yes, he did give up some. They went after him, eight targets. He gave up five catches in the game. Um, but he had two PBUs. Mm-hmm. He was right there. A couple of catches, he was literally right there. And so the guys, they, they made, made great. Their, and their by pros the way, too. 
their rookie quarterback made great throws. He was excellent. He was unbelievable in the game. Greedy was a little rusty coming back. Yeah. You know, it wasn't Greg's best game. Grant continues to be up and down. It's just we're not what we should be. And I think part of it is, you know, week to week, we're kind of trying to change who we are on defense. to, and, and we don't have an identity. We don't have anything that we say we can do. The one thing I thought we did well was there was a series of third and longs, I want to say in the second, third quarters, where we just started playing our quarters, which is, used to be what we played every time in those situations. And we forced check downs and we had them kind of rattled. Yeah. But other than that, we weren't able to be effective defensively. Offensively, this is one that looks like, you know, the kind of game we're used to seeing in the sense that there were so many plays to be made that were not made yeah. that it is going to be maddening to watch the tape. And I've, I've watched it. I can tell you firsthand it is maddening. I think it felt to me like just from a just Monday morning quarterback, which is that's what we're doing here, right? It felt to me that the opening interception yes. to where he's looking for Farrell Brown deep and he underthrows it. He's open right away, but he can't release it. Uh, it doesn't feel like he could release. There was pressure in his face, so he held it an extra couple of steps. Had he released it right away, he's got him, and he misses but it. He also has somebody across. I can't remember who it was, if it was Coop or one of them. There was somebody coming across that he had. It, I felt like it, too. But I think that first interception made Jacoby gun-shy. And from that point on, he's like, I'm not – it felt like it from the stands. It felt like I'm not going to throw it down the field. And he really didn't uh, throw it much down the field. There were guys – there was a stretch when we were still in the game in the fourth quarter – and who's to say if he would have caught it? Because if you watch the end of the game, Anthony Schwartz wasn't catching anything. But if, if you think about, there were two different pl plays on two different – on one drive, drive. Same drive. Two plays on one drive where Anthony Schwartz is open by 20 yards. Wide I'm open. sitting next to my 10-year-old, and he goes, Schwartz, Schwartz, Schwartz. Like, he could see it. Yes, you could see it. And, if, I mean, if a 10-year-old can identify it, certainly an NFL quarterback could. But he just – I don't – I think he was just gun-shy from the first pick. And his whole operation – his whole career has been based on don't give it to him. And he gave it to him three times yeah. in this one. You know, the first interception, to Farrell Brown's five. When he releases the ball, Farrell Brown is five yards clear of Kyle Duggar. Oh, I know. That, to me, is one where you throw that, it just can't be short. You, you throw it to him or you throw it long. You throw it anywhere other than short. You just can't throw it short. Yeah. And, of course, that is exactly what happened. And, yeah, he could have thrown it earlier. All of that is true. Dietrich Wise did a good job coming off, but I mean, that's a throw that he should make. We're asking him, he's trying to throw 40 yards in the air. That's all he had to do is throw 40 yeah. yards in the air, running right as a right handed quarterback. So that's a, that's a missed, missed throw. It wasn't crisp, but that's the kind of game where you would say, all right, our defense can step up and we can shut out Bailey Zappi on the road. And nay, nay, we got torched. Now, People got mad at me because I said this in the broadcast. This game was closer than the final score indicated for the majority of the game. Now, did it feel like we were in any danger of taking the lead at any point? Also, no. But it was not a 23-point game the majority of the game. He scored 16 or 14 points at the very end of the game. To your point, I looked over at Beamsy because we were there for his birthday. I said, well, when do you want – you tell me when you want to leave. Like, it's your birthday. We'll stay as long as you want. And we don't get to go to a lot of games. We have so much stuff. Yeah. So, let's – we'll stay. So he's like, he's like, no, I want to stay, Dad. I said, okay. And then little glimmers of hope, totally. right? You yes. get the drive, you score, um, and you know, I understand the notion of the go for two there, and I don't want to litigate that. It's not the point of this, but I do think that this team, I, just real I'll quick, litigate it. I know I you. I no, no, I get it. I understand it. I don't. I don't want. I'm not. In, I understand 
the counter that sure. you know what you have to do yes. if you get it or if you don't, that you now know. But I think there's a humilitics to it and the human element. And I'm not just talking about this play, but even the, some of the fourth down stuff. Like, we, when we have drives that end in a disappointing fashion, there is a, it, it just permeates through the entire roster. And I don't think that it's too much of a stretch to say. Like, we miss a guy like Jarvis Landry. We yeah. miss somebody who will grab people by the throat and get them going. We are a pretty quiet football team. Our best players on this team are pretty quiet. And that's fine. Yes. You can't be you can't be fake loud, right? Yes. That that's that doesn't work. You have to be authentic. Yep. But there aren't a lot of guys who are like, I got this. Let's go. Lifting people. They're just you don't see it. No. Nope. We were right behind I mean, you I was right behind the bench. You could see, you know, a lot of that. Um, and I think sometimes for this team that the disappointment of not getting it on fourth down, even on a terrible stop, or not getting the two pointer that it reverberates through the roster. And the counter, of course, is, well, be a professional. Yeah, that's probably it. But there's a human element to this. It's deflating. That you can feel. Yeah. It's it's felt in the building, and it's certainly seen on that sideline. We score a touchdown to cut it to a one-possession game, theoretically, if you complete the extra point, whether the extra point or the two-pointer. So sure. one-possession game if you get either one. Yep. Our sideline after that was toast. Flat. Now, if we rightly get the onside kick, sure, then you're right back. Right back. Right? Backs. But you didn't. And so it just permeates. And that's the part that's frustrating. Uh, it's, that's, that's, that's very, very tough. So trying to get out from under all of that with Baltimore and Cincinnati the next two weeks, not great. Certainly not. And especially where we are defensively. No, oh, we're a mess defensively. Yeah. We're a mess. And, and I don't know – it just feels like, with the exception of MJ Emerson, and I'm going to keep praising him. And again, I realize they made some catches on him yesterday. You're right, though. He was with the exception of him. Always, he's on. He is always on his receiver. He gave up the crazy catch to Pickens. That Devontae Parker catch was a heck of a catch. So yes, there have been some crazy yeah. catches over him, but he's always right there. He's right there. He's physical. He's not giving these super free releases. He's not letting guys run around in space. He's with them all the time, and I think that's what we need more. Now, Greg Newsom had been playing great prior to this game. He had a rough game uh, on Sunday, and you know, Greedy was a little rusty, I think, coming back. You could see the touchdown to Tyquan Thornton. He just got beat right off the release. If you're pressing a faster guy than you, you've got to touch him. He didn't touch him, gave up an inside release, then he just ran away from across the field. There was nothing he could do about it. I think part of it is we've, we were the most zone. We played more cover three and quarters last year than any team in the league. And as a result, we didn't give up a lot of big plays last year once we got it together. Yeah, we were very, very good defensively. This year, we've been busting in those zones, so now it's like we're going to play more man. And our guys have not played man that well. To support it. And you're not getting the pressure on the quarterback that you need. Like, no, it's people play man with a robber so that you're throwing into a tight window to a moving target and theoretically with pressure on you. Mm -hmm. And then you have a safety as a chance to get it. And we almost had one. John Johnson was right in the right spot. It was a good throw. He would have had one. But we just everything's too easy. It's too easy against us for offenses to move the football. And that is that's a huge problem. And it's one that I don't know. I don't sit here and have the answer. I don't know. I don't think – I think it's 
much more execution than it is quote unquote scheme. Like no nobody calls in a play when it says, Hey, you've got this guy, but then don't cover him. <laughs> no, no. So it's very it's frustrating. This is so frustrating. As bad as it is, the only silver lining is that, like you said, you're behind two teams in your division by one game apiece. You get to play them. If you want to be a team of consequence, you need to beat the Ravens and the Bengals, or at least one of the two, mm-hmm. and be two and one in the division and three and five at the midway point. That's it. You've got to win one of these next two games. Mm-hmm. Like, period, the end, full stop. That's it. Beyond that, just real quick to go back to the two point thing, because people, I would, I, I have a lot of people in my life that I love dearly that think that I am the perfect person to vent to about all of the Browns issues. <laughs> and I'm as frustrated as you probably more, more so, so. Maybe, trust maybe us. it affects trust me us. More a so. little bit more. Yeah. More so. But I was arguing the two point thing. I said on the broadcast, I didn't even make the case why you would go for two. I said, they're going to go for two. Yeah. That is the conventional wisdom in the NFL. That's what you do because people said, yeah, but if you kick and, and so this is where you get into the un Humalytics. Human, the human part of it. Humalytics. Yeah. Humalytics. Like yeah. If you waited until you got, you scored, mm-hmm. you kicked the extra point, you're down eight. Guess what? When you don't get that two, it still hurts just as much as when you didn't get the two before. Now, you know, you, you could do something about it, i.e. kick onside mm-hmm. and they recovered it. Had you kicked the one you're kicking deep? It just changed. You knew you needed that extra position. You knew you had to be at that point already. I need to be in a hurry up point as opposed to saying, oh, well, I guess we really need another possession when there's 30 seconds left and then you're out of luck. Mm -hmm. That's why it's done. And it's not that's not a Browns decision. Every team in the league does that. Yeah, most do it. It does. There's there is no way you can argue it from a data standpoint. I understand it completely. It does not take into effect how it affects humans, and that's the only the part failure of it. of it. But the success the, the, of it the, the, the would failure, have been just as good. So this is t- correct. The, I think the question with these type of things are this: Are the failure is the failure of it, and the emotional distress that causes is that great to me? I think sometimes that's greater than the boost you would get for getting it. If, if, that's just. If but the, I have Green, no way that I can bat it up, back it sure. up, because there's no. I hear you. It's just it's, my gut feeling of it. It's a gut feeling of yes, it, and be, it's based we on, up, and we lost the game anyway. And it's based on emotion. Yes, which is which is not a good way to make decisions. No. I acknowledge. But I rarely do. The negative life. of that would have been immediately overcome by the positive of us recovering that onside sure. kick. Had you done it. And, and we, we knew we needed to do the onside kick because of the knowledge of it. going for it. So Certainly get it. It just, look, far That's too not, often. None of those things are why you lost. No, we're not yeah. executing in important situations, third and long defensively in this particular game. We didn't get it done on a fourth down sneak, which, again, the spot is so horrific, it's hard for me to even get my hand around how we went from thir- fourth and an inch or inches. And, by the way, Harrison Bryant very well may have gotten the first down on third down. How we I mean, went- the, 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 he gains positive yardage on the sneak, and we ended up going backwards. A yard backwards. Yeah, so that was stupefying. Do you did you get a good explanation on what happened? It was in the first half, and again, when you're there, you can't jot things the way that you do when you're at home. It's a third and forever, and they hit us with a pass interference where the receiver took a dive. It was on your side. On Greedy Williams. Was yeah. that the greedy one? Yes. Where the guy took a dive. Like, the replay clearly shows they don't get tangled. He just goes like this, and he's begging the right there official for the and call. And the ball's 30 yards the out of bounds. The ball is out of bounds, and they, the guy 
is the guy calls it is not the official here. It's the one up the field by Belichick. The guy was right there. The guy up the field by Belichick threw the flag on it because the Patriots receiver. What was the call? Pass interference on Green. But we didn't go spot foul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. It went. It was on the right sideline. Yeah, it was a spot. Did it go all the way up? Yeah, they went into our territory. I knew that, but I didn't think they went all the way spot. It felt like it was like a ten yard. It was where he contacted him in their minds with a pass interference. Oh my god! You got to be kidding me. Yeah, it was crazy. That one was crazy. I mean, my god, it's come on, man. Yeah, that was crazy. I if the guy right and again, he's right. I feel like we have to say this all the time. This isn't. It's not. None of these things individually, and maybe this brings it all the way full circle. None of these individual gripes or complaints or or botches lead to a loss. That's why, to me, this was all of those little things in one big thing yep. and led to what we had. This was all of the chickens coming home to roost at yeah, one this was, time. This was we beat ourselves and they beat us in the same game, and yeah. that ends up looking much uglier than it needs to be. I mean, just – I mean the fact that you know the the we got the most excited at being down twenty four to fifteen. That was when it felt like well maybe we we're had alive. A chance. That's that tells you all you need to know. Now, yeah. I again the hard part is what's the solution and what has happened to this was a great defense last year. It's the same people. I I don't I don't know, and I think the one thing that you risk of doing. And you can do that. It doesn't matter if you do this at the NFL level or you do it coaching 10-year-olds. If you start second-guessing who you are, well, that's you end in nowhere. And that's what it feels like we are defensively. Like, we we're keep trying to adjust and try to change who we are week to week, and we, we've lost what we are identically, what our principles are. You're trying to do everything to pacify everybody week in and week out, and in the meantime, what are we defensively? What's our – what is our MO? You mentioned all the things we were a year ago. We're not those things now. Um, and so that that leads to where you get here. Um, I, what we do need to give a shout-out to the great Paul Godola. So he is yeah, just to defend. Great job out of you, buddy. Um, this is an incredible job. Wrote us a great note. We've got the little fellas. I mean, how good are these guys? I mean, did little personalized electric football guys for us. They're unreal. couple for the Hoff. couple for the Hoff. Uh, very good job out of you. Gave us some spirits here. This looks fantastic. Um, Appalachian Heritage Distillery, five years. God knows we may need it by the time we're done with this program. Um, so that's where we stand. You'll hear from Coach, among other things, the half hour coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. We're off and running Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Bath Authority gives you the bathroom of your dreams. In about a day, you transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts and factory-trained installers. You give them a call now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom 
from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions and superior products with expert installers. At the Bath Authority, 216-220-8399. And now let's go to the podium, Kevin Stefanski. Okay, uh, no real updates yet on the uh, injury front. Wyatt getting some imaging um, on the calf. I'll be able to update that later in the week. Uh, you know, like I talked about after the game, got beat, got beat on offense, defense, special teams, obviously got beat players and coaches. Um, it's, 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 you see it on tape. Uh, the game is so the, the margins are razor thin in this game and, and you're three to three there at the end of the first, so you get a great takeaway from our defense and we don't capitalize with points. Um, and then just moments throughout that game where we just got to pick each other up offense, defense, special teams got to play complimentary football together to go get a win. And uh, we weren't able to do that yesterday. And that's the frustrating part. Uh, we're watching the tape as we speak. Players are in the meetings as we speak to uh, learn from it. And then and we have to move forward. We have to move forward. We understand what's at stake, uh, especially this week versus a, a really good football team in our division. So uh, we'll do that. We will move forward. Um, but uh, I'll answer any questions that you guys have. Is Denzel still in the protocol? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, Kevin, when you watched the tape with Jacoby, was there anything specific? I mean, that was his worst game of the year, probably. So was there anything that you really noticed that contributed to that yesterday? Yeah, I think, you know, we can't turn the ball over. I think that's that's obvious. Jacoby knows that. Uh, and really, as a team, we have to, we have to do way better, uh, both taking care of the ball and getting the ball. Um, but more than anything, I think Jacoby understands his role and his job is to you know operate in this offense, but ultimately we, we can't turn it over. Again, he, he understands that. Uh, yeah, Kevin, wondering um, what gives you confidence that you guys will be able to get this turned around and what was your takeaway from Jacoby's message to the team last night? Yeah, I just, I believe in the people we have in that locker room, Mary Kay. I've seen, uh, I've seen us play winning football, offense, defense, special teams with that group. Uh, and then Jacoby's message, you know, he, he's, a, he's a leader. He's been through a lot in his career, so I think it's always good when he wants to uh, impart those type of messages to the guys. Hey, Kevin, I know you addressed um, this issue uh, a little bit after the game, but after reviewing it all, do you wish you would have called more running plays? Yeah, I think obviously when you get out of a game and, and you, you don't come, you know, you, you lose 38 to 15, you look at a lot of things that you wish you did differently. Um, I think the game, we weren't having as much success as we've had in the, in the past however many games. Uh, and then the game gets to 24 to six with five minutes left in the third. So it's going to force you to play a little bit differently in terms of trying to play catch up. So uh, we go into every game, as you can imagine, uh, wanting to make sure that our guys are touching the ball. Uh, we talk about it throughout the game about what their touches are and th those type of things. It's just sometimes the score and, and the game dictates that you have to play catch up. So, when it comes to you guys not having as much success, like you mentioned, you guys were the number one rushing attack, obviously, heading in. And um, is it just a matter of the Patriots or, or you know, schemed it to take away that strength or you guys lost Wyatt Teller? Um, what happened? Why weren't you as successful as we're used to seeing you? Yeah, I, mean, I think you should start with giving them credit. You know, they uh, I don't know. There weren't fronts necessarily that we didn't foresee. We just we uh, we didn't win our one on ones consistently enough. Um, so as you know, it's, it's sometimes there's dirty runs that, that happen throughout the course of a game and then you pop one. And, uh, yesterday they did a nice job, uh, but 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working it, not, not discouraged. Hey, Kevin, I know you guys have talked about leadership not having to be super vocal, a lot of the guys leading by example, but when you're in a place like this where you've lost three straight and there's some frustration maybe building within the team, is there a desire to have more of a push for guys to be leaders, step up as leaders vocally, or maybe you put a little more fire into the guys to keep them grounded? Yeah, I think it's, um, you want everybody to be themselves, Cam, in that regard. Uh, so if they are vocal, you want them to be vocal. Uh, leading by example is really, really important, especially like you mentioned, when, when you're going through, you know, uh, you lost a few in a row and, and you want to come out on the other side. You want examples of guys that are doing it the right way so everybody can can see that. Uh, so guys lead in different ways. We encourage them to lead in different ways. But uh, as much as anything, it's a matter of doing and less, uh, and less talking. What went into the decision to play uh, Taki Taki more than JOK yesterday? Just, again, felt like it was that type of game and, and some of the uh, bigger run uh, fits. Um, two, two quick things. The first quick thing is uh, Deion Jones was not ready, obviously, to play. Um, is it more likely he would be this week? Yeah, it's definitely more likely. want to continue to see how he comes along, Tony, from a uh, you know physical and mental standpoint. And after the game, you were asked about Josh Dobbs starting. Let me ask you about relieving during a game to provide a spark. Are you against that? I know last year, Baker's the franchise quarterback and all that, but you're operating with a kind of a temp quarterback right now. Are you as reluctant to seek a spark at that position if it's not performing well? Yeah, you know, I, I won't get into speculative stuff like that, Tony. I just think uh, for us, Jacoby's battling. Um, I know he can play better. I've seen him play better. Uh, he will play better. I, I've seen it. Um, so uh, that's where my focus is. Can I do something to put you in a good mood? I don't even know if I'm on. There we go. Now you're on. The first teaser for a Christmas story, Christmas, with Peter Billingsley returning as Ralphie. The film debuts November 17th on HBO Max. Ralphie's back, baby. So it's on HBO Max? All right, that makes me feel like it's going to be You got a bad. chance. Yeah, I feel like we have a chance. Yeah. You okay. got a chance here. What yeah. is a natural... I don't know. The problem is the old man was... The whole operation. the franchise. Yeah, the old man was the star, and he is no longer with us. So we, he can't be... He's anymore. really... <laughs> he's, he, was on, he was the best. Yeah. Can he... Can, is he going to be the old man Can he Billingsley? be the old man no. Billingsley? No. What's he been in other than being Ralphie? Oh, my God. A ton of stuff. Is he? He's an elf. He was in um, The Breakup. He's one of the friends in The Breakup. Is he a friend in The Breakup? Oh, yeah, he's great. Bateman's in that, too. Break Breakup's a great movie. It starts at Wrigley Field. It's really damn negative, though. It's a lot to watch them just be rude and terrible well, to each other for the whole time. Yes, and that's my it, – it's one of Miss Kay's favorites. That's one of my uh, – Really? That's one of my – I mean, I'm, I'm all the way through the, the dinner scene with the tum-tum, come, come, come on the top oh, like yeah. that. And then all the way tough. through that, but then the next 45 minutes, it's so brutal. Yeah, they don't even, like, end up together. No. You're supposed to think maybe they do. Why would they want to be? They're yeah, diametrically know. opposed. Yeah, they are. Yeah. No, the, so the that's... The pool table is a nice purchase, then. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Vaughn being in all of yeah, his Vaughnness. It's very Vaughn. It's hard to imagine Aniston with that type of fastball being dealing involved with with, or dealing with it. Yeah. It seems impossible. She was What she was asking for is very reasonable. Yeah, in the beginning of the beef, she just wanted a few lemons. More lemons. That's, that's it. All. Trying to make a you know, for the big meal. That's all she wanted. 
It's not up for debate in terms of how many or whatever. No, like if I'm going to throw Madden on, I make sure that the dishes are done. Everything's, everything's done. done. Right. We're ready. Right. Have you done your work? Yes. Yeah, well, then play away. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. What's the problem? I go out there and throw bombs on people to Megatron. Sure. I'll do that. I'll do that. You have to do the work first. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that that's your that's your negative there. Um, so there you go. So right. we did we have uh we've got a game five tonight. We with do the Guardies and the Yanks. That's a big one. McNeil was running amok on Facebook about India or Yankees. Supposedly that's planes. real. No, I don't think it is. Oh, it's not. I think no. I don't. He think made it, it all up. I think he made. Well, I don't know that he made it all up, but I think it was actually friends and family of the Yankees, not the actual Yankees. The Yankees flew back last night, but friends and family were there was a plane issue for they them. They had to scramble they, to a hotel and then yeah, yeah, yeah. leave today. It was quite the lark, uh, oh. apparently, that, that it happened. So, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it is quite thrilling to get it. And I will say it was pretty cool, you know, even leaving the stadium with the Jose, 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 like that type of stuff, like people getting fired up. Unfortunately, it was a Sunday of despair. For our city, it sure was. Yeah. Uh, so, I've watched now four baseball games in their entirety, which is four more than On I On the year, all in this series. Right. It needs to be like a seven-inning game. <laughs> like at most. It's a lot, man. It's so long. Yeah. And the tension of playoff baseball is awesome. Not four days in a row. It loses some of the luster mm -hmm. of the tension of it because it's just long. How'd you handle Thrones? We got to watch it tonight. Penultimate episode, and you didn't watch in real time. Here's the problem: the baseball's over at ten ten. Beatbox and Manto were in town. Hit the bricks, boys. So I listen. I'm very excited about how we're going to do it. We got hop in, gonna, hop into a guest bedroom. Here's a here's an Xbox. Retire to your chambers. Get to your chambers. The Miss K and I need to watch. This, you know what happens on the penultimate episodes of Game of Thrones? Of course I do. That's why I biggie. wanted. No distractions. I wanted. She was like, You're "We'll watch it in so our much. chambers." I'm. I'm. Miss K look was at right. Miss K was right. No, it's I can't watch a penultimate in gamble. the chambers. I need to watch it on 106 inches and dive in, immerse myself in the world. So seven o'clock tonight, we've got a date. We're watching Thrones. Well, the baseball's at seven. So what are you banking on that the baseball? I was going to say seven oh seven is first pitch, game five. That's how I'm going to get it to seven inning game. Oh, I see. So you're going to pick it up at 8.07, hope it's close, it will be. Right, and, and I'll then... have that, and we'll have the football on the side TV. Okay. But I it's I up. think that you're going to wish that you had, when it's over, I think you're going to wish that you had some time to do some, a little bit of reading. I'll, I, again. Scarlet, his Clemson Tigers. He looks so happy. He is. Oh, he's got him with new footwear. Yeah. It's the first time yours, I've seen yours, him in those. Yeah. What are those, Ons? Is that what, what's yeah. it called? Yeah. Yeah. Bebop, Bebop's had a little pair of those. Um, Quite comfy, very light. I'll, I think that baseball is couldn't be a better sport to watch while also perusing the ringer.com for Thrones information. Information, yeah. yeah. Baseball is kind of like the equivalent of watching like like Bachelor in Paradise. Like you don't need every split. No, seconds. you don't. You can look up and say, oh, boy, yeah. here we like, go. Oh, it's 2-2? Two, two? Okay, all right. It's right, locked I'll, in here. I'll, oh, Jose's coming up? Okay. And I can hear the crack of the bat you that can. tells me. Yeah. Something of consequence is happening. Real quick on this. Um, Hoff coming up in 15 minutes or so. Good. Three 100-win teams done in baseball. Yeah. 
because of this five game. It should be every. It, they should get it's rid crazy. of it. And everything you're should playing. Be seven. If you're going to play 162 games, then damn it, you ought to play seven. Seven to determine whether yes. or not you get to continue. Not that it would have made a difference for the Dodgers. What or about the, Braves, the teams that only had to play three? To get well, like the Mets played three. They're well, they played two. They're out. Yeah. Good night. Good luck. You won 100 games. Hope you had a great year. The Dodgers won 111 games. The uh, the Padres won 89. And the Dodgers dominated the Padres all season. The Padres are in the NLCS. They beat them three games to one. And that's it. So there you go. That's how it goes. Hopefully we get I do get feel like after time. watching it, here's my one baseball take. Okay. The Guardians' back half of the lineup needs the same kind of infusion that our defense needs. It's pretty dire. I mean, you can't count on blooping your way to no. runs. Although we're great at it. We're the greatest bloop hitting team really I've ever are. seen. Yeah. It's quite stunning. It but is. I just... It feels like once you get past the top five, it's like, get, can we get back to Quan, please? <laughs> get back to the top as quickly as possible. Yeah. I'm glad everybody got good weather for all of it. I mean, Saturday night was great. Yesterday's yeah. game, our game was gorgeous, beautiful, yeah. a perfect A little rain day. last night. Touch, yeah. Rumpke Waste and Recycling Family owned and operated. You join them as a customer's employee. You'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com. To learn more, uh, some news already today around the league. A big trade in the NFL has already happened. We'll get you the news of that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner, your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Dr. Z, what can you give me an update on the Christmas Story movie? According to the internet? Yes, where according to true. one of no, one of our great followers, uh, Brian Kirsch, says the new Christmas Story movie is all caps. No go! Filmed entirely in Hungary of all places with the restored original house sitting here in Cleveland. Unacceptable. It's a valid point, but... Hungary is an odd choice. It is. A, I'm sure it's take a whole production. It's probably good, good value. It's a good production. Sure, it's value. fantastic it's value. Well, but I mean, it's fronted. I mean, HBO's paying the cash for it. Yeah. Um, we also have a, a very uh, interesting trade in the NFL, um, as Robbie Anderson has been dealt to the surprise of no one after yesterday's so debacle. I only have read about it. He's fighting with a assistant coach, like fist fighting or no, just yelling? no yelling. Okay. And then Wilkes says. Kindly leave. He Mike Singletary'd him? Kindly leave. And they grab an assistant, and one of his assistants escorts him off. Didn't Singletary do that to, like, Vernon Davis of Vernon all people? Vernon Davis of all people. Can't win with him. Won't win with him. Yep. Won't do it. So yep. he he sent him off. Mm-hmm. So he, they got into a verbal altercation in the first half. Okay. And then Robbie was, like, off to the side while the rest of the team was, like, the offense was yeah. in a huddle. They went back out in the second half. In the third quarter, I guess Robbie Anderson decides he's going to re-strike up this conversation with the offensive coach, and that's when Wilkes was like, all right, you're done. So you know? I saw this, and I don't know that it possibly is true, but it must be, that that P.J. Walker had a negative A dot for the game, which is average depth of target, which means his average pass was behind the line of scrimmage for the game as a quarterback in the NFL. Is that real? It could be. I think they only had 60 yards passing. And they were all to McCaffrey. Yeah, I think that that's could so be true. So he averaged throwing the to ball be there, behind the line fair, of scrimmage. To be fair, it's their fourth quarterback. Yes. 
I, I mean, mean, it was still, Bailey Zappi is their third quarterback. Well, obviously though, but that's New England versus Carolina. That's competence Fine. versus in. Yeah. The the Carolina you're fire their coach. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you. You're talking about Darnold, Mayfield, Corral, all done. Now maybe they get Darnold back at some point. I don't know. Sure. Like if I were them at this point, fire sale all of it. There was rumors yesterday about McCaffrey. Did I see traded? Well, to the Rams, I saw like that they would find some way to take Cam cobble Akers something and, get, and a pick. get a pick and and take McCaffrey onto the Rams, which they might need to do that. They yeah. did cover. Good job out of us on the scores. Did you see? We made it. I feel like we made a comeback. Oh, we crushed it, dude. Crushed. For real? Yeah. Because we're geniuses. Honestly, like, there were 14 games. I think we already have, like, 10 wins. Stop it. tonight. Well, early, when we reverse jinx it. By the way, my most proud moment. And the yeah. kid, the kid this, I owe this a lot to the, the teachings of the kid, who is the king of the jinx and the reverse jinx. Yeah. I, I feel, Gibbe, and you, I want at least 3% responsibility for Nick Folk missing that kick. Total broadcast jinx. In fairness, Phelps teed you up to say it a second said time it earlier. Yeah, and he was like, "Come on, Nathan, let's do it again. Go I said through he's it again." Sixty-four kicks in a row right. from inside of fifty yards. Right. NFL record. He said, and then Phelps goes, "Say it again." So I was like, "Sixty-four row. The last time he missed a kick inside of fifty yards was Week One of the twenty twenty season against the Miami Dolphins. So wouldn't this be a great wouldn't time for time? another wide right? Wide right, baby. They tried. They tried to let you back in. They did, yeah. So, Anderson is traded today to Arizona, exchanged for a sixth-round pick in 2024 and a seventh-rounder in 2025. Um, Anderson, that's going to be because Hollywood Brown's done. Is that official or headed it, that way? It feels. It, people, He's it's undergoing feared, tests today. But it's feared to be a season-ending injury. All right, so Hollywood Brown, who's been great for them, they're a disaster. They just lost at Seattle, and it really wasn't as close to the final score would lead you to believe. So – Oh my goodness! I'm Ru doing the scores right now, dude. We're electric. No, that's what I'm saying. So we're like ten and three going into tonight, or nine and four into tonight. It's really good. Yeah, we crushed it. I am sad that I turned. I went against myself on Buffalo. That would have been. That would have been something. Really that would have been the coup de grace. That would have been that. really special. That was a situation, though. That, I mean, you watched the end of that game, right? Yeah. Let me get back to the Anderson. Go ahead. So it's a it's a sixth and a seventh. He goes to Arizona. Arizona will get Hopkins back. So they're going to try to remake that thing on the fly. By the way, there's a lot of talk about, oh, you got to fire Cliff. They just redid Cliff's deal in Arizona. He's there till like 2027. People think that firing somebody in the middle of the season, and I know our fans are angry. I get it. I'm frustrated yeah. and all that. But you have to have a solution. It's not like fire and then what? My theory on it is that maybe they really didn't want to do the Kyler extension. They put that clause in. With the sure. study habits and all that. But then they took it out. But then they took it out because I think of the peer pressure of all of because it. Because of pressure. Because he was upset. And I'm sure they don't. The, the feeling is kind of like, God, we, if, if he's not it, then what do we do? Right. But there's a specific way to play with him. It's tough. They're a tough, tough watch. Yeah, by the way, we, already right have, we have nine wins. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was very, very good. We missed the Niners, Niners, Tampa. We missed the Niners, Tampa, Kansas Tampa. City, and us. I would also say this. I, I know that we talked a little bit about it last week after Rule got fired, that potential fire sale, whatever, that does not appear to even be a remote possibility. Other than Robbie Anderson and McCaffrey, it doesn't sound like the Panthers have any interest unless someone just wows them with first-round picks. Well, but wouldn't Anderson and McCaffrey at least constitute the start of a – I mean, McC trading McCaffrey would be a fire sale, wouldn't it? 
It's a big deal, but you're trading a guy who has never done anything since he gave him a contract at a position yeah. that is you've overvalued. But it's two of your. Yeah, but you're not getting a first rounder for him. No way. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But somebody's taking on a ridiculous contract. Yeah. So it's like the Rams make. So sense. what would constitute it? Would it be DJ Moore? Would it be their defensive lineman, it's, Derek uh, Brown? It, it, Supposedly, like Brian everybody's Burns. off off limits. If they That's, traded Burns or if they traded Brown or if they traded J.C. Horn. Here's the beauty. Well, he's in his second year. You, that'd be ridiculous. But be here's, here's the thing. They shouldn't do any of that. They're bad enough right now to go 1-16 and 16 and yep. pick C.J. Stroud number one overall and start fresh. Yep. And that's what they should do. They should hang on to everybody. They should trade McCaffrey for young assets, picks, whatever, um, guys who can play, shore up the offensive line. Their defense is going to be good. They're all young. That's what you do. Don't Justin Fields him. Put him in a position where he's got nobody around him. You can't do that. Take care of him a little bit. Um, all right. The Joe Thomas Hour of the program is coming up next. You'll see Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk Serious Injuries, Serious Lawyers. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now time for the Joe Thomas Hour of the program. Well, Hoff, um, where are you, bud, after that one? Mm. It was a sad weekend in the Thomas household. First, the Badgers get stopped by Brian Hoyer's Michigan State Spartans, and then it happened again on Sunday in embarrassing fashion, just going in the wrong direction. I think this one hurt more than all the other losses that we've had thus far because it just feels like we're regressing. I think maybe that's probably where you guys are too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. To try to bring a little levity to this situation, though, Hoff, uh, do you feel slighted in your illustrious career, the 10 Pro Bowls, 10,363 consecutive snaps, first lineman ever, that you never received the type of praise that Landon Dickerson received last night from Chris Collins? <laughs> Uh, I definitely do feel slighted, and that was amazing. It was, it was kind of funny. My wife and I were just laying there in bed watching the game, and she was actually dead asleep, and she heard Collinsworth say that, and I can only imagine the dream that was going through her mind in that moment. I it woke her up out of bed, yeah. and she goes, she goes, oh, my God. Uh oh Oh, my goodness. What did he just say? And I go, hang on. It actually woke her up out of bed. I had to rewind it. I recorded it for posterity, put it on Twitter, because I know that everybody out there in the Twitter's verse was thinking the exact same thing that I was thinking. Oh, my poor God. Bo, poor Bo it? missed, missed it. it. And I, I told him, I said, it, I, I can't oh. say it on I'm the like, air. I can't. I'm going to text you the link right. to it. All right. Hoff to my tweeted it this morning? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll find it. I'll track it down. All right. I need to. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in my head what this could be, and I think I can get there. <laughs> I don't think you're prepared for right. what he actually right. no, said. No, you're not what ready. He actually said. No, All right. Okay. You're not ready. We'll do it in the break. Oh. See, at least we're laughing now. So well, that's, that's positive. Yeah. That's a win. Hoff, yeah. you, um, you, you do echo our thoughts. In fact, yes. it, it feels to me, um, kind of we led the show with this a little bit, it feels like all of the little things that was, it was a little thing here, a little thing there, that it, all of it came home to roost yesterday that all those little things became one big thing and this was the first time that our offense wasn't there to keep it close or to yep. bail us out the offense really flailed as well so you had a combination of all that has ailed this team all coming together in one Sunday um, in a game that I understand it was 24 to 15 at one point 
but it never really Hooray. felt <laughs> even that close, honestly. <laughs> it was pretty hopeless the, the whole afternoon. To me, I, I thought of that as kind of a mirror Sunday, right? Because I think up until that game, you looked in the mirror and you could kind of fool yourself with what you were seeing, right? You know, you, you saw some biceps where maybe there weren't biceps. You maybe saw a chest that uh, wasn't quite as developed as you thought. The waist was maybe a little bit thinner than, uh, or, or a little bit uh, bigger than you were kind of telling yourself. But then when you get beat like that, you, you can't really fool yourself anymore and make excuses like there's just some humongous issues with this team and unfortunately they all came out at the worst possible time and they've got a lot of soul searching that they have to do you know we we knew going into the season that it was going to be leaning on the run game until Deshaun Watson came back and Jacoby played really well the first three four games of the season and he has not played well these last couple weeks and the defense, who we thought was going to be a top-five defense, just can't cover. I mean, they went into that game saying, we're going to blitz, we're going to put extra guys in the box because we can't let New England's yep. very good run game beat us. And when we did that, we, we would have gone into the season saying, hey, we feel pretty good about our back end covering man-to-man and blitzing a rookie quarterback uh, who's the third-string quarterback. And they couldn't cover. I mean, flat out, they just did not cover – uh, the Patriots receivers, they were wide open with basic concepts. And I think, I think that's why I was the most dejected after that game because it was the mirror game and we have to be honest about ourselves because that's what that game made us look in, in the mirror and be honest that we're just not very good in a lot of areas. Half one area that you, you can control, right, is your eye discipline. It's knowing your responsibilities and what you're supposed to do. For example, if you're in man coverage, you have to cover the man assigned to you. You literally can't let him run off the line uncovered, and yet we did that in a game. We peaked on a third-and-one play action and got caught out of position, and it's a walk-in touchdown for Hunter Henry. My question to you is solutions. I think it's pretty easy to assess what's going wrong. It, it, are we at the point now where you have to play less talented people that can be relied upon to do their jobs over more talented people who are consistently telling you they're not doing their jobs on a consistent basis? Yeah, unfortunately, I've been sitting in those meeting rooms a lot of times when you're searching for answers at this point in the season where you feel like the season is not lost, but you got to make some big changes. Like you can't go along with the status quo because the status quo ain't working. And I think that's, it was a come to Jesus game. Like you have to make some big changes right now. And we know that we've got a lot of talent or we think we have a lot of talent, but if you're consistently not getting it done and you, you make some excuses early on in the season and you say, well, this is why it happened. This is why it didn't happen. We can fix it. We can get it right. At some point you got to say, I'd rather have guys out there that I know that are going to get it right. But they may lose because physically they're not as talented. But if this defense wants to improve, if this team wants to improve, we got to put the guys out there that are going to do what's on the playbook, on that sheet, because that's our best chance to have results, to give our offense an opportunity to run the football. we got the best running game in the NFL. That should keep us in any game. That should keep every game tight. We shouldn't turn the football over because that will lead to losing football. So this game plan that we have, run the ball, don't turn it over, play tough defense, you know, you might get beat physically from time to time, but that's the playbook. Like, that's the old school playbook. Like, that's what Belichick was, you know, before Brady became 
the greatest quarterback of all time. It was like, hey, we'll run the ball. We'll be really tough, physical on defense. And we have guys that are going to be in the right spot. And you know what? We can live with getting beat physically, but we can't live with turning the football over and we can't live with mental mistakes, whether it be with your eye discipline, with communication, with understanding who is my read on this play. Like those are inexcusable errors that can't happen anymore. And it's time that they're going to have to say, Hey, we got to put people in there that are going to do what we ask of them. They may not be as talented. They may not be as highly drafted or highly taught up, uh, thought of, but they're going to do what we ask of them. And that's where we are right now at this point of the season. Yeah. And I think that that's where people are looking for so much change. A lot of people want to fire everybody Hoff, And I was saying, I don't think that that's necessarily a good solution. This was a team that was very good a year ago, certainly defensively. They are not now. And, and I do think that before you get to that kind of point, you got to give guys a chance that maybe aren't as highly thought of, but that will do their responsibilities the way that it is supposed to be done because the Browns are, are too often not doing that. And is it mind-boggling to you that this is basically the same group of guys, certainly on the back end, it's the same group of guys from a year ago when we were elite down the stretch. And for, and, and you added MJ Emerson, who's been probably the most consistent best of the bunch. At least he's he's always in the frame he, on every completion. Yes, people have made some great catches against him, but he's also been right there, and he's playing great football for the Browns. You added him, and we're dreadful on defense. Well, that's the biggest head-scratcher to me, Z, right? Like, this is the same unit on defense that was a top-five defense that played yeah. excellent football down the stretch. And we added more talent. We added MJ Emerson. He wasn't here last year. And to your point, he's been our best d- defensive secondary player. And so it's, it's very difficult to wrap your mind around why they are so bad right now and that they were very good last year. It's impossible to just reconcile with those things. And to your earlier point, like as a fan, as a human, there's no worse feeling than helpless with yep. something you really care about. You have no control over. Right. And yep. that's why fans, what do we have control over? We can make our voices heard. We can be really loud and we can say, fire everybody, change this, do that. Like that's all you'd have potential control over, but that's not, that's not necessarily always the right answer. And a lot of times it's not going to make the situation better. It might make you feel good to say those things. It might make you feel good if you say, fire everybody, replace these guys. And then they do it because, hey, you felt like you had a little bit of a control over something you love so much, but that's not necessarily going to make it better. That doesn't solve the problem. And that's probably why it's so frustrating for me as a fan, for all of us as fans out there, is like, we don't have control over the situation. The only thing we have control over won't make it better. And I imagine for the players in there, like, it's just a matter of doing your job better. It's from the coach's standpoint, it's preparing these guys better so that they can have more success. Like that's the only thing that is going to get us out of this rut that we're in right now and hopefully tap into the potential that we know this team has, but that's so boring to say, we need to execute better. We need to coach better. Like that's so boring, but that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I think what I fear right now, because I, I think two and four hits a little different than, than certainly any of us thought we'd be at this point, especially considering who we played against off. What, what I'm concerned about is is defensively, uh, have we lost our way a little bit? 
and do we know what we're supposed to be? We knew what we were a year ago as the season went along. Now it feels like we're trying to find ourselves, and the NFL is no place to find yourselves. So I'm concerned about that. And, Hoff, I'm also concerned about leadership. Um, I'm concerned about where's the fire. I I said earlier in the show, we miss – Somebody like Jarvis, you miss somebody who will get in people's face and hold people accountable. We we don't have a lot of those type of guys. Our best players are, by and large, pretty quiet dudes. Now, you can lead being quiet, and it's important not to be somebody that you're not. You've talked about that a lot. But at the same time, who are our guys who say, who are our Braveheart, follow me to freedom? Like, who are those guys on this team? Those are concerns I have. How do you answer those two, those two concerns? Yeah, I mean, I have the same concerns. I think – this type of adversity creates a great opportunity for guys in the defensive meeting room specifically to rise up and to become that leader, right? Like that unit is starved for a fiery, passionate leader, like, and, and not even a rah-rah type leader, because I think that's kind of phony and I think it wears thin quickly, but a guy that's performing the way he should and that's holding the other guys accountable in his own manner, whatever that looks like whether that's calling them out in meetings, calling them out in practice, raising the expectations on the practice field in, in those situations uh, on Sundays where things maybe are going a little bit sideways and you, you see that glassed over look in people's eyes, like those are the golden opportunities for somebody to stand up and say, follow me, right? Like you said, the Braveheart. Um, and it'll be interesting, and I sure hope that there's guys – in that room on the defensive side of the football that are going to do that because the opportunity is there. The season's not lost, but I I agree with you. Like it's, it's a scary moment right now because if we don't have that and if we don't turn things around very quickly, like it can go the other way very, very fast. Especially if you don't have those leaders in that room, like it it can fracture your locker room. You can get guys that all of a sudden are going to be giving the bare minimum effort. And you're going to see that result on Sunday. And that would be the shame of it. Yeah, it would be because there's still a lot to play for for this team despite the slow start. Be part of one of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Coming up next, one word on a bunch of guys on our team in a bunch of situations. You're listening to the Joe Thomas Hour of Cleveland Browns Daily right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea. It tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, and with a 5% kick of alcohol. It's third down and goal. Twisted tea, hard iced tea. Keep it twisted. All right, gentlemen, one thought or phrase from yesterday's game as we have the Hoff back on here in the Joe Thomas Hour. Let's start with Donovan Peoples-Jones and the Dr. Z. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I said this on the broadcast yesterday, he catches everything that's thrown to him. And it is often a catch that feels like an incredibly high degree of difficulty. I mean, he makes more diving, fully outstretched catches, I think, than anybody. He always catches it in a big moment when it is thrown to him. 
he's I, I love Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, I feel like when the ball is somewhere where he can get his hands on it, he will catch it for you. Um, made some had some nice routes. He was one of the guys who was actually winning against their man to man coverage, which was was helpful for the Cleveland Browns. I'm a big DPJ fan. I will also say this. I am ready. I am ready to see him as our punt returner. Chester Rogers, yes, a little juice. But, like, I trust Donovan Peoples-Jones to, at the very bare minimum, catch the punt. We're back to Jim Leonard world, brother. He's never right. I just want someone to catch the damn thing. Yep. Like, I don't care. I don't need. I'm past it. I'm over it. Josh yep. Cribbs ain't walking through the door. So, just catch the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just brutal. But so that's that's what I have to say about that. All right, Huff, this one for you. Jacoby Brissett. Regression. The opposite of Donovan Peoples-Jones. My word for him would have been progression because of the progress you continue to see in his game and how he's becoming uh, the type of receiver that makes those contested catches that you dreamed of him being able to be. Unfortunately for Jacoby, when you're in there and you have such a great run game, you can't make those type of turnovers because it's just killing the team. Is it is it fair, guys, on Jacoby? Was he playing better than he's historically been? Yes, he hit the first highs in everything. The first five weeks, yes. and that the medium between what we saw Sunday and what we got the first five games is historically what he's been. Yes, he was. Yeah, he had career high completion percentage, yards per attempt, yeah. yards per game, quarterback rating, all of it were career highs. It's a very quarterback-friendly offense, but I, I, I want the throws. I want the medium. I don't want the mean. Like, that's the problem with him at quarterback is I don't want a couple of really good games, a couple of really bad games. Like, the formula for winning is just steady. It's just right there in the middle. That's exactly what you want. You, you can't have the up and down. I mean, I know to you, what you're saying is, you know, you, he was really good, now he's really bad, and so you're kind of getting – an average quarterback when you even them all out. But we can't have that. We can't have those dips because that's not how we're built to win. You're exactly right. And, in fact, he was brought here because he's not going to lose you games. This is a game where you could say his performance. Again, I'm still putting all of this, most of this on the defense. But his performance was not a winning performance. And it wasn't one that gave you really a chance to win around him had everything else been good. Three turnovers by his own hand, that's a lot. And if you were to go back now to the end of the game against the Chargers, that's four turnovers alone from Jacoby Brissett in basically 63 minutes of football. Yeah. And I think that that mentally affected him. The early interception mentally affected him in that entire game. I felt like it to me. I mean, I, we brought that up earlier. It felt like that first interception just rocked his world to to a very. And of course, the you know the salt on all of this wound is originally this is when Watson was coming back. Was right this now. Would this would have been would have been this game against Baltimore. It was a six game suspension, so he was supposed Ugh. to be back this week. Instead, we're halfway there uh, to to him getting back, and who knows how relevant we'll be at that point. Um, Joe, what do you make out of Nick Chubb? Just not a lot of opportunities. Right? Uh, not his best performance on a yards per carry at, uh, basis, but we knew the Patriots were going to try to sell it to stop him. I thought that the Patriots' defense out-physicaled our offense in the first half in a game where if you don't, don't turn the football over and it's close in the second half, I think you start wearing them out. Even if you're not throwing the football down the field and you're not backing up their, their safeties and getting some of those uh, secondary elements out of the box, I think Nick Chubb starts ripping off some big runs, but he didn't have a whole lot of room to run and he didn't have a whole lot of chances. And I think that's one of the things in hindsight when Stefanski goes back and looks at the game plan. Yes, there were opportunities to throw the football down the field because 
of how much the Patriots were trying to take away that run and give you some of those shots down the field. But even still, I'd like to see more carries for Chubb and Hunt, no matter what the situation is, because like you guys talked about with Jacoby, like this is kind of who he is on a mean basis over his career. He's not the Pro Bowl guy. And so you have to be a little bit realistic and you got to keep feeding Nick Chubb no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, it was just there was not a lot of room to run. And I think when you have a team that's got a guy like Devin McCourty on the back end of that defense, you know, they were always in position. And so, and they were very aware of our early down play action shot plays. When we would run those, there were typically two guys going with the vertical mm-hmm. route. And so there, that means other things are open, certainly that we were not able to capitalize on as much as we would have liked. But they were very cognizant of it, and they were very sound fundamentally on the back end of that D, and they play with those three safeties. Kyle Duggar's a, a big-time player. McCourty is as well. And I think as the game went on, he just got – he started reading low to high sometimes as opposed to reading high to low half. And that's what you got to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, they, they've got a lot of experience in the second end. They're very disciplined, and it becomes a situation where you've got to be – just as disciplined with what you're trying to get done with your technique. And then you got to win with your, your talent in the second half and they weren't able to do it. No, they were not. We spent a lot of time um, on the secondary issues. You guys want to touch on that? Or is there any more to, to add to that Z? I feel like we've addressed a lot. I of think, I think we're lost it pretty at this well. point. Yeah. yeah pretty just, lost in the secondary yeah. across the board. Uh, I guess I have, we'll ask you on that one, Hoff. You haven't had too much time to weigh in on that. What are you seeing in the back end? I'm just seeing guys that aren't doing a very good job covering. Like we think that we've got these great coverage guys in in the back end and that's corners and safeties, but they're consistently just getting beat. And we're not talking about getting beat by Travis Kelsey um, or getting beat by Tyreek Hill, like guys that are clearly generational talents. Now I know that the Patriots, they have good tight ends and, and they've got some talent at receiver but everybody has talent at receiver we got to be able to cover these guys when you're asked Huff, to do those things Huff. hunter henry came into this game with nine catches for 95 yards and no touchdowns on the season johnny smith came in this game with seven catches for 58 yards and no touchdowns on the season it's not like their tight ends were setting the world on fire henry henry to be fair did have nine touchdowns a year ago but as it was going in 2022 they had not been a factor whatsoever both ended up over 60 yards in this game that's right. And, and I do wonder, like, we, we've talked a lot about Joe Woods and what he needs to be doing differently and the criticisms that he's taking, but I wonder how much of what he saw in practice, potentially, where guys weren't able to cover, was leading him to maybe not take the chances, not send the blitzes, not play a lot of man coverage early on in the season, and now he just felt pressured, like, hey, I, I can't just sit back here and zone because first of all, we're not communicating very well and passing things off. And also we're getting just gashed in the run game. So I'm going to have to sell it to stop the run game. And it's time for these guys to put their big boy pants on and start covering some people in man coverage. And they didn't do it in this game. So now he's probably thinking, Hey, I've tried it both ways. I've tried it my way, what I saw. And then now I've tried it your way based on what everyone was asking for. And neither one is working. What do you want me to do? Yeah, it's absolutely wild. We'll we'll finish this with this one. Bailey Zappi, what is it that Belichick does with these with rookie quarterbacks or down in his depth chart? Historically, you can think you go all the way back. Um, Matt Castle years ago, 
Our own Jacoby Brissett was there. Garoppolo was there. It feels like when he needs a win, he can get one. Uh, it w- Bailey Zappi looked really good yesterday. He's won their last four now games with a quarterback making his first road start. Mac Jones, Jimmy G, Matt Castle, Bailey Zappi. The last time he lost, had a quarterback lose his first road start, it was Tom Brady in the early 2000s. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there is something about what they're able to do. They come up with a plan that takes away your strengths, tries to force you into your weaknesses, and they do the same. They try to minimize their weaknesses, accentuate their strengths. And they're just sound. We said it. They're not going to beat themselves. And the irony was, Hoff, it felt like early on they were trying to, to help beat themselves. I think they had seven penalties in the first half. They were going negative backwards quite a bit. I'm looking right now. Yes, they had eight penalties for 56 yards in the first half to the Patriots. They were, you know, I know their own drugs and they'd still get first downs. It's like third and four. No, now it's third and nine. First down anyway. It doesn't yep, really matter. Didn't matter. But they're a team that you've got to beat. And, and not only did we beat ourselves, they beat us too. And, and that adds up to an ugly performance for this Browns team. It's a long season. You're going to have some of these. And this would have been fine. We said, you know what? Bad week. Just like it was when we went to New England last year. So Absolutely. for whatever reason, they've got us. But if we came in this game at four and one and now we're four and two, it's like, okay. This was our first dud. But because we lost games that we should have won of our own doing. Yeah, you can't have this. There's no margin for error. And now you put yourself in a situation where you've got to beat Baltimore probably and Cincinnati both to get into this thing. Because losing to one probably puts you two games behind that team. Yeah. And it stinks. It does. It very much does. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of October and be entered to win four VIP Browns tickets to an upcoming home game. Just mention your promo code Browns. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. We'll go around. the. It was a wild week in the NFL. Four of the biggest underdogs or favorites lost. Uh, the favorites lost. The underdogs won in those, including one in uh, Joe's home state in Green Bay. Pretty stupefying performance there, although that one you probably should have saw coming. There's another one yesterday that nobody saw coming. We'll get to all of that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans can win big with the digital scratch-up game brought to you by the Ohio Lottery on clevelandbrowns.com and the Browns social channels. Fans could play once per day throughout the regular season, digitally scratching off a virtual card for chances to win great prizes like team shop gift cards, tickets to future games. For more information, log on to clevelandbrowns.com. So the Steelers beat the Bucks. Hoff. I'm sure we all saw that happening. The Bucks were eight-point favorites in that game. Yeah, I guess Brady should not have been uh, gallivanting around the country going to weddings. And, you know, maybe he would have had a better opportunity at beating the Steelers, especially in a game when Kenny Pickett gets injured. I mean, that was an interesting twist to beating the Buccaneers was all of a sudden Kenny Pickett goes out. Um Mitchell Trubisky comes in and plays well and gets them the victory. So I, I give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL and he's been that way for a long time, but to be able to rally the troops when things were sliding pretty heavily against him um, is good for them. Bad for the Browns, obviously, but 
of definitely one of those games where you didn't see that coming at all. No. Z, Z, we both saw the Giants would give the Ravens a full day. They did. Uh, no surprise there. The Bengals were up against it in New Orleans, and Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase on a 60-yarder uh, right when they needed it the most. Those two were both amazing in the game. Burrow had 300 yards, three touchdowns, another on the ground. Chase, finally, they unlocked him. I think it was like seven catches, 132, and a couple of scores. Big game out of him, too. So they yeah. both them and the Ravens atop the division at 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, a big comeback there, and you know they were down at one point twenty-three to fourteen in the third quarter, and even when they answered, the Saints extended it twenty-six twenty-one. They got twenty-six twenty-four, and then Chase with the big walk up there, sixty-yarder inside of the two-minute warning. Big win for them. The Ravens have blown three pretty sizable leads, and I was just looking yeah. through some of the stats because that's who we play next. So starting to get ready already for that game. On to the Ravens, as it were. Um, they have had Lamar Jackson. It's amazing. His quarterback rating by quarter this year. First quarter, 98. Second quarter, 115. Third quarter, 100. Fourth quarter, 56. One touchdown, four picks in the fourth quarter this season. And part of it is he's starting to struggle against the Blitz. First three weeks against the Blitz this year, 83% completions, 12 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, no picks. Last three weeks against the Blitz, 50%, 4.8 yards per attempt, two picks. So, He's not playing at the level he was earlier. Their defense is banged up, and they've let people come back and beat them three times now. Yeah, it's, it's and they're still ahead of us. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so you, and you get a full dose of them this next you know next time out, a uh, full dose of this of this Ravens team around the league. I mentioned um, the the Bucks were eight point favorites, lost to Pittsburgh. That one I did not see coming. Uh, the Lambo issues are real, though, Hoff, oh, yeah. as we head to yours. This is three straight weeks where they haven't covered. This time they get dominated at home by a Jets team that's like more than Jets. a little frisky. they got a lot I of like talent. The uh, they're really good in the middle of their defense. But it's, it's one thing for Aaron Rodgers to say, relax, Joe, but this is 27-10 to 10 to the Jets. They couldn't get anything after going. After losing to the Giants. Correct, after losing to the Giants in London. This, is, this was a huge win, a huge game that the Packers needed, and they didn't show up at all. What what did you make of what what happened to the Packers? Aaron Rodgers has always been very laissez-faire and relaxed, no big deal, we'll get it figured out and you know, I think to some extent that's good. You don't want to be overly emotional as a head coach or as a quarterback. But I think one of the problems is is when that's your personality, like all the other guys on the team sometimes gravitate towards that personality, which that's not really good if that's what's happening on defense or that's what's happening with your receiver room or maybe your defensive line or your offensive line. Like pretty much every other position on the field, you've got to have a little bit of an angry streak to you. We've got to be able to play with some passion. And I think you saw a contrast in styles, right? You have Robert Sala's team, which plays with maybe too much passion at times because he's got that defensive mind. He's always preaching aggressiveness. He's preaching effort running to the football, like he's almost like a peak, a younger Pete Carroll on the sideline with the amount of energy that he has. And then you contrast that with sort of the Packers style. And I think even though maybe the player and the talent gap is probably not there, I think they're probably pretty equal. Obviously the quarterback's the one big area that's way in the Packers favor. But when you go out and you play with passion across the board and you have that focus and that intensity that the Jets played with, you see it results in a, a lopsided game that maybe a lot of people didn't expect. And 
and all of a sudden there's some apathy within the Packers organization, within the Packers locker room. They're believing that they don't have the weapons on offense to be able to compete, you know, because it seems like that's all you hear Aaron Rodgers talking about is, oh, we don't have the receivers, you know. These receivers are young. It's going to take them time. Pretty soon that's what the team believes, and then you're not going to get the same effort out of that team when your quarterback's kind of relaxed, kind of laid back, not really – uh, playing with a lot of emotion or intensity. And he's telling you that you're not good enough to win, even if you did play with that intensity. So I think they got a lot of problems that I'm not sure there's anybody walking through that door that's going to really help them. I think it's time to investigate the ayahuasca and Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's 24th in uh, QBR. Like, that messes, that does something to you. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Today he ain't right. Like, I mean, I don't think I would be thrilled if my – yeah, franchise player was doing drugs that are insanely mind altering and whatnot. Probably not crazy about it, but he's probably doing. By the way, I don't even know who he answers to there. Nobody. There's no ownership, so yeah. I don't know who the who's his boss, Joe, with the Packers. Does he have a boss? Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say the fans, but even what are they going to fire him? I mean, they don't really have right. say over what happens. I mean, I think. For a while, it was probably Ted Thompson, but obviously, he's, uh, rest his soul, he's not with us anymore. And um, their GM, Brian Gutekunst, I think he got neutered a little bit because of things mm-hmm. that had happened the previous couple seasons after he uh, drafted Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers made his displeasure known. Um, but it seems like when when you don't have that firm-handed coach, because Matt LaFleur is not that guy. He's more of like a cerebral type head coach and you don't really have anybody else that's obvious in that building or in that locker room that has sort of carries that role you, you, you Aaron Rodgers can kind of get away with whatever he wants and I'm not saying this is all his fault but he's certainly not playing well and so no matter how, what you've done in the past if you're not getting it done right now you deserve to be criticized fellas the Vikings it's an incredible stat uh I'm not sure if this is Gibby is this your stack it's an unbelievable stat Vikings five and one, the only team above five hundred out of the remaining twelve of the twelve teams in the NFC North, the NFC South, and the NFC West. Only the Vikings are above five hundred. How in the hell does that make any damn sense? And we just kept saying the the East was the weakest, and they've got the Eagles undefeated. The Cowboys have been good; they've stayed above, and the Giants have one loss. The Giants are five and one. It's unreal. The Vikings, we both, we liked them to make we the did. playoffs. Yeah, we did. We did. But I did. I, I, it's more of a commentary on the rest of the West. Stupefying loss by the Niners. Buccaneers. Mariota went 13 of 14, and they won by two scores over the Niners. Oh. Garoppolo had two picks. Do you have a, do you have a text from Pedro? Yeah. <laughs> and I quote. On CBD last week, you mentioned I thought the Niners were a troll because of defensive injuries in the O-line. You scoffed at me. Today you should mention as you that as usual, not Pedro was correct. Just saying. He refers to himself as not Pedro. Yeah, right here, third person. Is he ignoring the trial of Pedro? He is. Well, he's listen. He's at least he was on trial, and he was found to be Pedro, and he was found to be Pedro. Yeah, that was a fun one. Tomorrow's uh, and, his birthday, by the way. Oh, happy early birthday, Pedro. Yeah. Uh, Hoff, that was a fun one in the afternoon with with Allen and Mahomes. Oh, baby. The Chiefs were decimated defensively, and it it's right down in it. I heard a lot of people going. Oh, they've got their revenge. Guys, the Bills won last year in the regular season, too. Like, I think what it, for Allen and the Bills to really get over the hump, they have to win. They have to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, right? There's no doubt. But I, I think the people that win 
is all NFL fans. Anybody that likes watching compelling football, compelling television, that's what Kansas City Buffalo was. It's just so fun seeing those guys go back and forth and watching the different offensive minds and the, the chess moves that are being made on that board. And, and I think it's great, you know, winning in the regular season, but really you, you're going to throw that all out the window. And I don't even really see a whole lot of home field advantage between these two teams. They're just so well coached. They're so well dialed in. But I'm not sure it really matters, like, who has home field advantage during the playoffs. And this this rivalry gets me excited because it kind of reminds me of when I first got in the NFL and it was it was Manning and Tom Brady and the Patriots and the Colts. And you knew there was going to be one matchup during the season because they always finished first in their division. And then you knew you were going to see them again uh, playing against each other in the playoffs. And it was going to be must-see TV. It was going to be the best matchup of the year because right now Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they're doing stuff that just wows you on every play. And you kind of run out of words, superlatives to communicate what you're watching when you're seeing those guys. There there was a point in the game, uh, Mahomes threw a touchdown pass where it looked like he reared back like he was going to throw a normal pass. And all of a sudden he comes with this like submarine, like a, like a submarine pitcher in baseball and just fires it in there between a couple defenders the ball comes out so low that none of the defenders on the D line even had a chance to knock it down. It's just amazing how quickly he can use that noodle of an arm and change the arm angle to deliver the football exactly where he wants to, just at will, no matter where his feet are. And I think it's just, crazy. It's just fun as a fan of football just to be able to sit there and awe and watch these two guys go at it. And they're so different. Oh yeah, which, which that adds to it. Adds to it. They both can make any throw. They're both stupendous, but then Allen could run you over. Yeah. Holmes sure. will run around you and get around and then whip some crazy one off. And he can pick up 20 yards if you give him plenty of mm-hmm. room. But Allen leapfrogging guys and then trucking them is he's crazy. Yeah, it is. I was actually shocked when Mahomes threw the pick at the end because I thought, well, he's going to get him down. Totally. For sure. Yeah. And he just kind of got lazy on that one, didn't see it, and threw the pick at the end. Um, crazy, crazy weekend in the NFL. Great talking to you, Hoff, as always. Guys, thanks for having me on. Hopefully next week under a little better circumstances. We need it, Hoff. We, we need gotta more have pure need joy. joy. We need it. We need joy. Mandatory. We got to have it. We need joy. That's right. right the great Joe Thomas. The Hoff joining us there on the program. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns and help your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Dogs. We got a score? Monday Night Foosball, kids. Good. The, the Broncos continuing to get the national love. They love them. Uh, yeah, they do. Gross. The Broncos visiting... Los Angeles, the Chargers, Look, Broncos, AFC West. I've gotten Monday night wrong every week. It's mm. true. I've never, I haven't got it right once all week long. I get That's it wrong really every week. True? I'm pretty sure. Feels like it anyway. Week one wrong. Interceptions, week fumbles, two, you sacks. Got I've Philly over Miami. Right three years. Did I get one? <laughs> week true. three wrong. It's been a lot of wrong. I know that more wrong than right. Niners. Did I get Niners? Oh, yeah, two and oh, two. Maybe two on. and two. 
All right, two and three. Two and three going into the week. So right. okay. it's bleak. So I suppose this this is my I can't choose the wine in front of you because blah, blah, blah. The Chargers are better. The Broncos suck. I'm taking the Chargers to cover the four and a half. Oh, no. no Not no, Russ at no the back door. No one's answering the door with a This would be our only different. No one. Oh, no. Let's run. Nobody's here, Russ. Go away. Go Herbert's my guy. Let's go. Ram it. Chargers. Good luck to the guards tonight. Gabe Fime. ALDS coming your way. You can listen to it right Broncos here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Let's ride. No. Let's not ride. Not today, boys. We're back tomorrow. Next level's next. Cleveland Browns Daily. Do it, Eckler. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.